Hello, Bassers and Bassettes. Hope Bassettes. I don't want to discriminate. I want some women to listen to this podcast, too. So, yeah, I decided to do a podcast tonight because I had a real shitty day at work. And uh, so I was bored, and I went to the gym, worked out some stress, and uh, came back, decided to talk a little bit about about bass fishing because that's what I love to do. And people seem to like it. So, yeah, you know, people have been giving me kind of criticism and suggestions uh, not to do so many in such a short amount of time, being an hour long. But, you know, I listen to criticism, and I really appreciate if you guys have something to say about, <clears throat> like, what the stories that I'm talking about, what I'm doing, maybe something that you suggest. But I don't listen to authority <laughs> very well either. But so that's probably why I started this company, why we started this company, and uh, slash lifestyle, because people ahead of me or people above me I don't really respond to all that well and hopefully this will work out because that's not a really good way to <laughs> make it but I'm going to give a little disclaimer first off before I start this because <clears throat> it might get a little bit out of the realm of bass fishing but I'll promise I'll tie it back in um I hope to I'll make it relatable because I have been listening to some things hearing about things and I kind of want to talk about some stuff so uh, yeah, I'll bring it home at the end of the podcast with some funny stories. Um, nobody that I got an email from, so I'll just tell some of my own. So, uh, yeah, just keep emailing us, keep tweeting us. Good things will come. Um, but yeah, so I want to get on to start it off by just getting on to the topic of uh, thinking outside the box. Like, being at work today, and I, you know, people that have been, do, you know, working their whole lives and stuff like that. I we're told really to work hard and life will just come to us and succumb to authority, do that and do that other thing. And we're rarely we're told as adults to use our imagination or think outside the box. I mean, when we're kids, we're encouraged to, and I don't understand why, why we, we should stop doing that. You know, um, bass fishing outside the box thinking and going against the norm is sort of taboo in this industry, I feel like. And, uh, you know, me and, this this company and uh, other people who press against the norms of the, of the sport kind of get flack from part of the industry, some of the older school guys. No disrespect against them, but, you know, n younger waves are coming in and more of us are starting to take, more of us are starting to think a little bit more in-depthly. I don't know what it is about the culture, but I think people are more gearing towards being individuals rather than just jumping into a, a set lifestyle. Uh, you know, once we're, like I said before, once we're like outside the age of, I don't know, 12, our, our imagination should be suppressed and people like us who never really grow up are sort of looked down upon sometimes. I mean, in, especially in the real world. Uh, when we're told in the real world is to work hard, take pride in busting your ass all day, come home, have a beer, go to sleep, wake up, do the same thing. Bass vision is no different. I mean, we're told constantly and brought into it as well, you know, trying to do things a certain way, but... What that has created, I think, especially with the advent of social media, is a crazy influx of, influx of, like, the same type of person, you know, the same mold of people. It, I mean, it's so hard for the, a bunch of the same people breaking into the industry. It's so hard to break into the industry when there's a lot of one type of person. So, I, I mean, why can't change, diversity, or difference be an accepted view? In bass fishing, I mean, it's not, not bass fishing isn't the only thing. It's a lot of different things. Why is it that we need a college degree to get a high-paying job when someone has worked 20 years of their life and 
actually been involved in in the world, but yet they don't get looked upon because they may not have a college degree. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like those guys that like complain about diversity and how much too much change in the industry are the same. You know, I, I see those guys bitching about guys wearing fitted hats, yet they uh, they don't have any problem using a side imaging unit and or a power pole or a hydro wave. You know, those those huge tools of our of our industry. Now, how do, what am I, why am I going to relate that to, to fitted hats? Um, I think those of us who wear the fitted hats, those of us who refuse to accept the norm, um, we, we, we haven't... Oh, shoot, where was I going to go with this? Um, those of us who refuse to accept the norm are the same type of people who don't let our imagination limit us. We, we continually improve on stuff. The sky's the limit. I mean... The sport could just advance so much. Those are the, the guys that change, the guys that don't. Okay, now I'm starting to ramble a little bit. But the guys who don't fit into the same norm and do the same things over and over, the guys who develop all those crazy technological advancements and those guys who weren't happy with a, a, a locator, they wanted to do something that completely was told they could never do and never accomplish. Or those guys who, for instance, for a, for instance, the Abu reel that was made with a 9 to 1 gear ratio. Well, nobody ever thought they could make one that fast without severely diminishing on on uh, braking power, brake power. So, I mean, I think the sport could advance so much for the better if we all didn't follow, like, a set protocol or a set way to make it into the industry. I mean, Bass Squad, we sort of represent change without – I don't hope we're not burning any bridges. I don't try to. I don't mean to. I don't – talk bad about anybody in particular. I don't want to piss anyone off. I don't want to create any enemies. But, I mean, <laughs> don't really expect us to create anything technological because I'm, I'm too stupid to understand how shit actually works. But, uh, but I'm all for, like, social change, and I'm all about uh, just listening to people and hearing people that have a voice that may not want to express themselves. And that's kind of, like, what, what I want to do, especially with, with this. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as long as I'm diving into some uh, uncharted, weird territories, I guess I'll uh, tell a story about uh, how I started, how bass fishing really, really changed my life and really, uh, really got me and in, turned into a better, the better person. And you know, so I'll start it off. This is going to be kind of a long story, but I'll start. I, I was uh, really big into like sports and and all that. I've mentioned that before, and people who know me know that. And I was really serious about football and track. And so I, one season I really busted my ass and I really got good in my junior year. And I was starting um, running back. And I'm kind of a small dude, but, you know, we, so I, anyways, I, I ended up starting that game, played the whole game, the first game of the year. I was starting all off season, you know, with my track, I was getting looked at a little bit in, in college uh, so I ended up, you know, so tra track was the, my main sport and football was secondary and I hoped I wanted to play both up in the second level. And I really didn't bass fish. I mean, I bass fished since I was like 14, but I never really took it seriously. Um, I kind of just fished. I like to catch anything. I like to, but I've always had that competitive drive in me. And, and in high school, I was able to take that out through sports. But, you know, the first game of my junior year, um, yeah, I played the whole game. We, we were getting smoked. 
and I wasn't taken out in the last, you know, the last quarter. And two minutes left in the game, we were down 42, I think, to 14. And I was running up the middle, and it got tackled and got rolled up underneath a big pile. And, you know, my, my right ankle completely just shattered. And I remember standing up, didn't feel anything, walked over the sidelines. And as my trainer took off my shoe, he told me not to look down. And I looked down, and my ankle was pointing in a different direction. And I don't remember anything until waking up in the hospital. So I ended up having a few surgeries. And long story short, I got, you know, I was not walking for a few months. I uh, <clears throat> I ended up getting a prescri- prescription of Vicodin to, so I could handle the pain. Because, I mean, that pain was just ridiculous. It it. I can't imagine Cliff Pace is going through probably the same thing. I mean, his is, my, his is definitely worse because he got his femur busted. And I broke everything right below, right around my ankle. I broke everything and tore all the ligaments in my ankle. So I got had to get it completely rebuilt. So you can imagine, like, the, and in, I don't know if it's been any different, but in 06, there was still not all the, I don't know if it was, but the technology that we have, microscopic surgery. So it, it's pretty cut up, and it was it was a bad deal. And... So I got a Vicodin prescription and ended up actually getting addicted to it in high school and went into this just super depressed state and it was just it was just a deep, dark hole that I didn't want to keep going down. <clears throat> so like, I don't know, around January or so, I just straight up, I was on it for a few months and, you know, depressed every day coming home. I gained, went up, gained a ton of weight. Um didn't really want to hang out with anybody, didn't want to see anybody because I, I kind of figured that my whole, my what I wanted to do my whole life being in athletics was pretty much shut down. I mean, I was told that I wouldn't walk for a while, let alone probably run at the same level, which which really just de- devastated me, which is probably part of the reason why I got all depressed and, you know, the narcotics didn't help. But so I went, went and uh, I kicked it completely one day. I went to a trainer and he said, you know, it's going to suck and it's going to hurt, but you got to just work it out. And, you know, I started walking in around January and I broke it in August. So I kicked it, threw up for two straight days, lost a ton of weight. And I was just shaking. I mean, it was going through withdrawals. It was not, it was bad. So like one of the things is if you've got a problem, do your best to stay away from those hard, terrible narcotics. So, so anyways, I get, ended up rehabbing it pretty good and actually ran that year in track in March, but, you know, just excruciating pain the whole year and something that I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do my whole life. But, you know, I had a goal and I wanted to reach it and I wanted to break the school record and, and long jump and have some stuff go right and then try, probably run and run in college. So that you know, I kind of realized that that my competitiveness and, and I, I kind of accepted the fact after I kicked the drugs that that there was going to be no more competitiveness in my life unless I found some other outlet. And I ended up started to really seriously read up on, you know, I read Bassmaster my whole life, but like I, I have never really delved, delved into tournament fishing. I had fished a couple, but then all of a sudden I started to, to bass fish seriously and started to learn and started to realize how how much and how relatable the sport is to other sports. And it was, I mean, it was an absolute amazing breakthrough in my life. And I, I became such a happy person. Every day I'd come home and scour for old magazines, screw around on my tackle, go out on my on my tracker, 
and you know, I was only 16 at the time, so I needed my dad to come with me and stuff like that. And I didn't have my driver's license because I failed my driver's test three times, but I'm a driver now, so it's kind of ironic. But, but uh, yeah, so I would go out every almost every day. He was always supportive, and you know, my family's always been supportive of everything. And so when I started to really get into it. A couple of years later, I'm fishing big tournaments, and I ended up actually ended up. Uh, just getting completely addicted to it. And, and, and it seriously changed my life because now I started to not get so depressed about not ever running again or not ever going to college to play a major sport. So I, you know, ended up that high school next year. I did very well, actually. I did set the record in the long jump and a four by 200 meter dash, which I was pretty, really proud of. And, but I mean, I relate all that to, to bass fishing, actually. I mean, people... It, it it's a sport that it, it it broke me out of my slump that I was what I was in. Um, and then once I got to college, I University of Wisconsin Stevens Point. I went went there to run track, and I was super pumped about that. But then all of a sudden, I found the fishing team, and I didn't want. I quit track without any problem after a year. It wasn't even a, a decision I needed to make. I was so you know at peace with what I was and what I wasn't, and I was never going to make it to the Olympics. So. I just started bass fishing and now it's just taken over my life a hundred percent. And now I, you know, I'm starting to get feedback from the people that I admire and stuff like that. And it's just, it is just an unbelievable sport. And I, and that's where like when I try to tell people what I do and they laugh at me, you know, it's just, I just don't even give them the time of day and, and neither should you. It, it's not, <clears throat> it's not something that you shouldn't be proud of because it's just like anything else. It, it is a 100% just, life dedication and you know people can't respect that they don't need to listen to you you don't need to give them the time of day so that's my uh my long ramble story for the day uh for the podcast and i'm going to go on to this other weird territory that i was listening to a joe rogan podcast and they were talking about uh getting into the zone and they weren't related to bass fishing i was like ike talks about getting into the zone but you know they were this guy that was on there. I don't want to make, name any names, but he was trying to quantify that getting in the zone isn't a real thing. He was trying to quantify it into like physical measurement, and it, it's just one of those things. And that if anybody who's ever played a sport or fished, getting in the zone is not measurable, and I firmly 100% believe in it. It's it's more of a something that just takes over your body and you channel something that's not you. And I cannot describe it any other way that your mind, the mind is an absolutely crazy thing. It's, I know I've played basketball before where I was broke and once I made a shot and then all of a sudden I could just, it's almost like I was high and I was just moving and I, everything I put up was going in. And I've seen athletes do it many times. There's something that you just can't describe about that. You can't measure that. It's, and it's the same thing when it goes to fishing. There's, I mean, everybody's been there where the fish aren't biting and you just never really got onto anything good. Well, then there's other days when you go in there and something feels different and you just, every single cast you make is on. You seem to just understand the fish just at a different level. You know, I'm not trying to get all hippie, but like... <laughs> on a different like realm like it's just it's something that's weird because like you you actually can relate to to them 
and you can just do things that you didn't think you were going to do. You know when they're going to bite. You know when something's going to happen. You know when you're going to win that tournament. And, I mean, there's things that you can do relating it back to shooting and not missing. Like, I remember I've done it many times. I'm a primarily shallow, shallow water guy, so I fish a lot of dock, boat docks and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's times when I'm fishing, and, and I'll just be in the zone and do roll casts from 70 feet away without even really thinking about it and dropping it perfectly underneath someone's dock and not even, like, le- legit not thinking about it. And then, you know, someone behind me that I that isn't really familiar with is like, dude, how did you just do that? And I legit can't describe it. Like, there's no there's no way to describe it. And that that's, I think, is one of the reasons why this sport is so addicting because that happens, I want to say, more frequently than it would if you were uh, a basketball player or something like that because you're dealing with nature and, yeah, this is starting to sound hippie and, because you're dealing with something that's definitely on a certain wavelength, and if you can channel that, it's it's just a it's an amazing feeling. And there's no drug. Rick Klon, I remember watching him catch you know a giant. I forget what the size is. It was over ten, I think, and it was in the classic in '06. And he he's in his 60s, and he was he grabs a fish, and you know he always talks about quantum mechanics and all that crazy nonsense that people think is nonsense. I don't I. I kind of believe in some of the stuff that he says, because there, there's definitely something else out there that we can't really describe. Call it God, call it whatever, you know. You, you can say whatever you want. Do you have any word to describe it? I'm not a super religious dude, but I don't deny the fact that there might be some higher power, something out there that, that we can tap into. But no, he he was casting a spinnerbait, and he said he was, you know, he's whatever, he, and he catches like a 10-pounder, he grabs it and he can't even stand. He starts shaking and throws it on live and he's like, I can't believe what just happened. And he, he he showed his hand and it was just trembling in front of the camera. Like you can tell that that guy, that's, that's his life. And he said, there's no, there's no drug better than this. And he, I mean, he's right. I'm not, I mean, there's nothing else you can describe with that. And it, that's where I hate it when people start saying how much this sport, it just, it just angers me. I mean, I don't, you know, hate them for it because they obviously don't understand. But that kind of stuff you don't uh, you don't really get unless you're fully obsessed with this sport. And it's just like any other sport. You know, there's there's guys that get off on on running. There's guys that do everything like that. So I don't know. It's it's a strange thing. And obviously, there's a lot of things that are indescribable. But that's where why the sport is so addicting. You just keep chasing that feeling. I wish there was a way that you can channel it, but there really isn't. It just happens sometimes. You just got to be ready for it. And that's where I think the confidence factor comes in that you got to make sure you're pinpointing every single cast because you never know when that's going to wave's going to hit, when there's going to be a bunch of shad bust or a bunch of largemouth or smallmouth busting on shad or something like that, or, or you run into a pocket of them. You got to be ready for it, and you can't you can't ever really take anything back. And I don't think there's many sports out there like that where you have to be. I mean, people say it, but I've played football and I know people take plays off. I know people do that. There's no sport where you have to be 100% on your toes for eight straight hours, three straight days, or four straight days if you're in the Elite Series. It, it's something that only we will understand, only we know, and it's, it's a cool thing. And I'm really, I feel just great to, to know that it's, there's, no, there's no way to stop it. There's no, there's no finish line. I mean, KVD still fishes, and he's the best in the world. And he he just enjoys it just as much as everybody else. So so yeah, uh, that's my uh, my um, 
just take a drink. I feel a little dehydrated with that one. Um, that's my like hippie talk for the for the week, the podcast. Um, but yeah, so I guess on this this note, I should jump into some like fun stories and change the mood a little bit. I hope you guys like that little rant I had. I've been kind of ranty today because work kind of sucked, like I said, but hoping to get out of it soon. I'm hoping that uh, this thing takes off and people start to listen and we can start to actually make a living off of doing stuff like this. I know I'm going to keep it free and, you know, so I feel like if you just keep doing good things, keep putting good content out there, people will, uh, people will listen to it. So hopefully, or people will find it, you know, hopefully that happens and we're not going to stop. So we're going to keep doing this and we're relentless, I think. Um, but yeah, so on that, on that, uh, on that note, um, you know, so I was, I was sitting around, up in uh, Stevens Point, I went there to visit this weekend because that's where all like all my best friends live and my girlfriend. And so, oh, excuse me. Um, Sunday morning comes and we had no plans, and all my buddies were up there, and so we just started texting each other, and we all got together and had just an awesome Super Bowl party. All my fishing buddies, and uh, <laughs> there was one guy that I mean, Casey it lives up near Green Bay, so he wasn't in Point in Stevens Point, but. Uh, I don't know, if you haven't seen it yet, he took Twitter over during the Super Bowl, and I pissed myself laughing reading his stupid tweets. He live-tweeted like a sports commentator during the game, but talked to it, talked about the, the Super Bowl as if it were a tournament, and, and the Seahawks and the Broncos are fishing against each other. So if you haven't seen it yet, please check out our Twitter feed, at uh, Corp and scroll down a little bit because it was – Sunday, so I think I'm going to actually take all those tweets and put them into a Word document or put them into something, because that was just epic. I was just dying laughing. People loved it. There was We got so many much activity during that, and I just, I could not stop, stop laughing at some of the stuff he was saying, so I'm not going to try to put it into my words, so you guys just check it out, please. It was it was absolutely hilarious, and the, one of the funniest things I've, <laughs> I think we've done. So, uh Yeah. Yeah, no, we were just kind of sitting around and, you know, telling fishing stories when there was commercials. It was a boring game of you guys. No, not boring. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it, but during the uh, during the commercials and stuff like that, we were just telling fishing stories, and, you know, it, you know how you get when you, you start getting on a roll with telling them, you know, everybody has their, their story to top the next one, and then it just gets completely ridiculous towards the end. So there was a couple of them that came up that were kind of kind of funny. My girlfriend was there, so... I was telling a story about how one time I uh, was fishing a tournament down here in, near Milwaukee. Um, that's where I'm from, if I haven't mentioned that before. And she came over there. It was during it was the summer last summer, and I had to practice one more day because my tournament was Saturday and uh, Saturday, and it was I think it was Thursday. So I just spooled up all my new rods and got everything p- perfect, and I re- wanted to find one more like shallow bite that I could find. I had a, I had them pretty pegged, so I wasn't going to do anything too crazy. Or, And if she wanted to come, and I told her that, I'm like, look, this, listen, there's no, <laughs> I'm not trying to catch a bunch of fish, so you might not have fun. So, so anyway, she I mean, she was a good sport about it, but she came out, and uh, so I'm frogging, obviously, and I actually had a primary jig flipping pattern on weed, weed lines that tournament, which is kind of strange for me because I don't really do that a whole lot, but I had a pretty good pattern going and it was Saturday, so I had my jig rod out, 
maybe if I found something else. And I was just frogging a bank, just just eliminating water at this point. And she was, I taught, I mean, she throws a Senko a lot and like throws, you know, the easier type of spinning rod baits and stuff like that. She's not totally obsessed like I am with fishing, <laughs> but so she grabs. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm working my trolling motor and I see her cast and the rod, the bait plops out in front and it made a big splash. And I kind of figured that I'm like, what happened? So I look back and she's holding my primary jig rod. With all my brand new 25 pound floral, brand new spool, just a huge bird's nest. She didn't know how to use a casting rod, didn't know what they were, just grabbed it and tried to throw it like she was with, with a spinning rod. So, I mean, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really care. It was, it was a funny story, but it, it was, she just felt so bad, and I had to cut it up and re spool completely before the tournament. But we actually ended up taking third, so it didn't really hamper us too bad. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's my girlfriend's story. Um, and I, when I was hanging out with uh, another Bass Squad guy, Toad Jr. I'm just going to say Ted because that's what his actual name is. That's just his nickname. So, you know, one time uh, during last semester, it was around March. Um, no, it wasn't, it wasn't March because the lakes were still frozen. It was, I think it was May, early May. Yeah. So, me and him are ridiculously obsessed and it was a terrible winter last year like it is this year and the lakes were starting to heat up and there's a lake about 30 minutes from the house whatever and so me and him are supposed to both be out on hanging out with our girlfriends in the afternoon because we both had breaks or we we both had class but then we'd always go get lunch or whatever. whatever it's just a stupid thing but so we're together and we have class at two and then we're supposed to see our girlfriends and do stuff at three or whatever so so Ted and I go out fishing, it's sunny out, stuff like that. We skip our classes, as we did, and I did all the time, which I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, and we kind of, we both separately called each girlfriend and said, oh, by the way, I, I'm, I'm so swamped, I'm in the library, and, you know, I'm just going to be stuck here all night at least, so I'm not going to be able to do anything. So we both said that. We were whacking them too. I mean, it was the they were, the spawn had just started, and there was fish on beds. There was fish, and it's gin clear, so it's super fun. And we had just so much pent up aggression towards fishing, so we we were just having a blast out there. Then it starts to downpour. We both have just sweatshirts on, so it's ridiculous out. After we just called our girlfriend's telling us we're in the library, and we stink like fish and stuff, so. So anyways, we get, so then we get back and we actually, no, we didn't get back. We went to change in the truck and I hooked my boat up to the, the dock. So I get off the boat, go up to the thing, change, come back out. My boat's halfway in the middle of the lake and the water ain't that warm. So I jump in the lake, get muck. It's a Morrow Lake. So there's just, it's, it's muck everywhere. I lose my shoe in there. I just, I smell like an absolute garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so then we get back and I throw my huge pile of clothes on the bed in here, on the, in my bedroom in my hamper. And she did this, he did the same thing. And then when we finally met up with our girlfriends later that night, each one of them knew we were just bullshitting the whole time. And they did not, were not appreciate that. And Teddy actually has a good story about, uh, about that, uh, what happened shortly after <laughs> that on the water, so I'll have to call him up and tell him about that. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to keep this one kind of short and short and sweet. Uh, but, yeah, so, like I said, I think Sensabaugh, Gerald Sensabaugh is going to be calling in this week on the podcast. I'm going to see if I can hook up that the phone to my microphone and get him on here because he kind of wants to talk about some stuff, and I'm going to ask him some questions. If you guys want want any questions, just email it to us. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... I think I'm just going to wrap it up and, and say one thing. I mean, we, we've kept this thing free generally. It's on a free hosting site, so anybody can listen to it. Anybody, we have free reign or whatever we do. But, I mean, if you guys, because people are starting to listen to it now, and people are starting to get word of us, if anybody wants to, uh, we've been getting questions about people maybe putting our decal on their stuff and, you know, that that sort of thing. And So if anybody wants to sponsor the podcast and be mentioned on the podcast, I'd be more than happy to listen and talk to you guys about it. So if you want to like throw us, shoot us an email about what you what you have in mind, um, just just go ahead and just shoot us at basquadcorp at gmail dot com, and I'll read the copy like any other podcast if you guys want me to advertise the the product. Um, but yeah, so that's my little uh, pitch towards sponsorships. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm just gonna get it done right now. Half hour, short and sweet one. Next one will be a little bit longer. I'll keep emailing us, guys. Keep tweeting at us. We we can't thank you guys enough. It's 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 been kind of surreal. We we were talking about it and how just awesome like people are actually recognizing us and you know telling us you know oh my god this makes my workday go easier just listening to your podcast and I I can't believe that like I'm just sitting here talking to you guys about it. Um, but yeah, so we'll have the website. I'm working on hard tonight. I'm going to get that thing up hopefully soon. I, it's really, it's not as easy as I thought, so it's kind of become a pain. But I'm doing it all myself with the website, so it's not, there's going to be glitches. And uh, But, yeah, so I think I'm just going to wrap it up. Uh, keep hitting us up. Peace out, guys.